I'm Audra. And I'm Sadie. And we are former English lit majors and sisters who miss reading and discussing literature with fellow lit nerds. And we created this podcast to discuss literature fueled by libations. So pick your poison and join us each week to discuss all the queries and views unearthed in great books. And support your local bookstore. Welcome, everybody, to Lit and Libations. Hi, Sadie. Hi, Audra. How are you today? I am very good. It is the weekend. I'm very happy. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and weather is beautiful here. I hope it's nice where you are so you can have a nice weekend. Eh. 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 It's uh... okay. <laughs> eh. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot longer for things to warm up out here, I've noticed. Oh. Which, you know, it's kind of nice because I like rain. I like rainy weather generally. But I'm ready for warm days, and right now it's like we're lucky if it pushes 55 degrees. Yeah, it was like 70 here today. It was nice. Yeah, Ah. I'm wearing shorts, which Ah. I'm very excited about. I'm so jealous. (laughs) Well, I'm really excited to talk about Reservation Blues, Um, but before we get into that, a couple little um, things to to get out of the way. So do you want to tell all of our lovely listeners what the next... A book we will be reading and discussing is so they can go pick that up from their local bookstore. Yes. So our great listener, Mason Archibald, requested that we talk Oscar Wilde. So I decided that I, th- I thought it would be really fun for us to do a play of his, um, The Importance of Being Earnest. And if you haven't seen the play, I really recommend reading it or watching a production. But there's also a movie uh, probably at least a couple uh, movie adaptations mm-hmm. as well. So we may, we may spend some time talking about those as well. Uh, but I'm really excited. Oscar Wilde's a lot of fun, and that's a particularly fun play to talk about. Yeah, great suggestion. Um, I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be a good change of pace from what we've been doing and something really new for us. So yeah. it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I haven't read that for quite a while, so I feel like I'm really approaching it from kind of a new perspective, which will be nice as well. Yeah. Me too. Well, good choice. Um, And again, thanks for the suggestion. Really appreciate that it came from a listener too. So if you guys have any suggestions for us or ideas, don't hesitate to um, send us an email or DM us and give us us a suggestion. We'll be at least happy to take a look at it. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, And and then I guess that's it. Should we uh, get into Mm, it? I I think there was one more thing I wanted to talk about. And this week was my dear, lovely co-host Audra's birthday. Yes, it was. So everybody, if you haven't already, please wish Audra a happy birthday. I love doing this with you. I love you so much. And I'm so, so lucky that you're in my life. Everybody just give her all the love. Well, thank you. I got lots of birthday love, and it was very nice, and I'm very fortunate. And so thank you to everybody, and thank you, Sadie. That was very sweet. I love you. I love you, too. All right. Um, now that we're past the sappy stuff, yes. uh, what are what are you what are you <laughs> drinking? Because I'm sure that can, has contributed to the sappiness. It does for me. So tell, tell us what your libation is for this evening. Um, Brian was so kind as to make me an espresso martini. Oh, so yeah, nice. I got I got him a, an espresso machine for his birthday. And so we've really been taking advantage of it. So this drink is vodka, espresso and oh, I think that that might be it. Oh, and I think like a vanilla <laughs> syrup is in there, too, maybe. Uh, or Kahlua. Nice. Kahlua. That's what it is. 
Very nice. Nice yeah. to have that that bartender at the ready. I know, awesome. I know. Oh, and it looks so lovely too. I know. Look Got at it that. In a nice glass and nice little foam up there. That looks very nice. He, I'm impressed. He even added three beans as garnish. That is I know. fancy. I know. I don't know how I got so lucky. Physicist slash bartender. Yes. Craft cocktail maker. <laughs> Mixologist, if you will. Mixologist. <laughs> there, yeah, we should you should get him business cards. <laughs> Say that. Physicist slash mixologist. Yeah. <laughs> that's a Christmas idea now that's in my head. Okay, you can't take it. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna find some way to connect the two. Okay. What All are right, you drinking? Um, well, nothing as fancy as that, but I did. So when I was in California for a horse show, I picked up a couple different cans of things and bottles of things when I was at the grocery store getting carrots. I'm like, oh, as you also you, sell you alcohol do. here. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. And I couldn't resist. So this is um, a, a can of sparkling rosé. It's the Dark Horse brand. So I picked it oh, up. Oh, nice. I was, I was at a horse show and I was like, oh, well, I kind of have to get that. I also had a unicorn one. So I just pretty much went for packaging and... Um, Yes, I I can speak I've for the unicorn before. packaging. Uh, last yes, time, Audra and I chat, chatted. Yeah, she showed me that one, and I will say that it's valid. I would have been a sucker for that packaging as well. Yes, the this unicorn, is a little more understated packaging, but like it's <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really good. I love a sparkling anything, and a sparkling rosé is a great little treat. So it's yeah. it's very nice, even though it's not as fancy as yours, but. Well, not all of us have a Brian, so. <laughs> it's true. Um, well, and speaking of that, I don't have a Brian, but I do have a Kendrick who helps us. He's put together our intro and outro music and does all the editing for us. And just to give him a little shout out, he's going to be doing um, a concert on July 10th here in Salt Lake uh, for the Galvin Concert Series. So that'll be awesome, a live concert. Um, and if you haven't already checked him out on check him out on YouTube, he also just did a um, show on May 5th. Um, that mm-hmm. was broadcast through that concert series, and you can see it on his YouTube page as well as many other um, of his videos. So he's an awesome musician, does great covers, and has his own great in um, original music. So please check him out. So he's not a mixologist, um, but he's a great <laughs> musician and a great producer for us. You so. can't have it all. <laughs> you can't. And who wants it? I mean, what would you do if you had it all? I don't think you'd even know what to do with it. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't. I would not. I'd probably reject it. I'd be like, right. I don't get this. I can't have this all. It's too much pressure. Well, well, segueing off the topic of rejection, maybe we can start <laughs> talking about reservation blues. Um, so I put together just a quick little synopsis. I hope everyone got a chance to read it, skim it, um, even just see what it's about. If you didn't, hopefully you can still enjoy our conversation, but I really recommend reading it. I think it's just a great novel. Um so it's actually uh, the writer Sherman Alexie, his debut novel um, from 1995. And Sherman Alexie, he's a member of the Spokane and Coeur d'Alene tribe. Um, and the novel kind of fo- follows, I guess, kind of the trajectory of a band called Coyote Springs. Um, it's a rock and blues band. They do original music and covers um, made up of Spokane Indians and two, I think it's Flatbush Indians mm-hmm. as well. Um, and the main characters are Thomas Builds the Fire... Junior Plotkin, Victor Joseph, who, um, interesting, I know we've talked about this, Sadie, Junior and Victor also appear in Sherman Alexie's short story short story collection, The Lone Ranger and Tonto Fist Fight in Heaven, um, mm-hmm. and that came out before this novel. So these are two reoccurring characters. 
Um, and I would say two other major characters are Robert Johnson, the American blues musician. Um, he kind of came to notoriety because he supposedly sold his soul to the devil in 1931 and faked his death. And everyone says that that's why he was such a so amazing musician because he sold his soul to the devil. So anyway, these three Indians start a band um, using Robert Johnson's guitar that's possessed by the devil. Mm -hmm. And then they're later um, joined by Chess and Checkers Warm Water um, from another reservation. And the novel is about their journey as a band and as people. Um, Big Mama is another great character in it. She's kind of their musical guide. And I mean, that's kind of the main plot point. And then the rest of it is really just, it's a great blend of Native American history and stories Mm -hmm. woven together by music and lore and just kind of those common human themes. Um, So it's great. I love this novel. I haven't read it for a long time. I read it in college last, which is farther away than I'd like to recount. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) really liked it. It was, I loved reading it this time around as well. Um, Yeah. So what did you think? I know you had seen um, the movie, based off of or you, you saw smoke signals and I think you yeah. said you'd read something else but what did you think of of the novel I thought it was really great it was really fun actually having I guess my first introduction to these characters or at least some of these characters um through the movies smoke signals which you know is mm-hmm. a very important movie and just like the independent film world and um I, I watched that movie for the first time in high school and I just loved it and yeah, it's just interesting to kind of see how Sherman Alexi had originally written them um, and the ways that they changed to maybe be a little bit more like palatable for the, the screen, uh, especially in the character of Victor, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just really beautiful, and it's a lot different than, I think, the other work that I was familiar with, with Sherman Alexi. I've read like a few of his short stories, but mostly the only other novel I'd, I'd read by him was the absolutely true story of a part-time Indian, mm-hmm. um, which is more of like a young adult novel. And this is just a lot different and I feel like more lyrical and kind of more yes. universal in, in theme and, and feeling as well. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I think this is what, this is my favorite of his novels I actually really like his poetry like I would say I prefer his poetry to his fiction and then I even prefer his short stories to his novels but I really like this one because I feel like it combines those elements that I love of his other mediums like Mm -hmm. it is a very lyrical novel um, and there's so much talk about music which is prominent in most of his writing but very much so here and I really enjoy that and then also it's almost there's lots of those stories within the novel like little stories within it like Mm -hmm. jumping way ahead but for example when there's the story about um, Thomas's father and playing basketball against like the tribal police like that's such a great short story yeah within this novel and he's got a couple of those and so I think that's part of why I love this novel so much is it just combines all the elements of his writing that I love from his different mediums yes I I 100% agree and you know when we we first wanted I think to talk about this book I think some of like the concern is were we doing it too close to when we read they're there but I feel Mm -hmm. like this book while you can see like I think the connection of of you know Tommy Orange having been very clearly like mentored and inspired by Sherman Alexie I think that 
thematically they're still very different and there's just yes. so much to think about and talk about with this book especially in regards to, to me anyway of like cultural appropriation versus like appreciation and mm-hmm. and like exchange as well cultural exchange which you know I think is important too because this is about blues music and like rock and roll music yes. and you know a black man kind of g- giving a gift or a curse of sorts depends on how you look at the guitar to these Indian men on the re- reservation and just the ways that they those stories can kind of uh relate to each other and mm-hmm. how music can kind of transcend cultural boundaries in a way that like can connect everybody together. Yeah. I mean, the idea of connection is, is huge. And I think that it brings up how there's connection through cultural exchange yeah. um, versus cultural appropriation. And I think there's lots of, of play on those two ideas that I think is really interesting and really thought provoking, you know, like, even just like you were saying with blues music and using rock and roll. I mean, you know, it talks about different artists, like, uh, like I think Elvis Presley's mentioned, you know, and he appropriated black music and made Mm -hmm. it popular with white audiences. And then, and then, but then there was elements of cultural exchange as well. And it's kind of showing, I think, where's the line, you know, I think an Mm -hmm. obvious part is the characters, Betty and Veronica, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, these, these two white women and who kind of try and join them and join the band and talk about how they want to be Indian. And then in, you know, they end up pursuing their own path, (laughs) kind of almost pretending Mm -hmm. to be Indian because of these record executives. And so I, yeah, I think it's interesting this idea that, that he throws up there and that music is kind of the vessel for it. Um, which I've always found really interesting, you know, what understanding the different exchanges and the different appropriations that happen and being aware of that. And what does that mean? And how, how are you responsible as an, as an artist? Yeah, for sure. And, and mm, yeah. And I think like a lot of it too has to do with appreciating the culture, maybe that you're being inspired by, like, because mm-hmm. for me, it's not like they're just playing the, this music because they believe like people are going to be familiar with it or something. It's not like they're trying to, I feel like, capitalize off of the songs Correct. that they're playing. But it seems to me that especially with uh, Thomas, it really does come down to kind of just like understanding the emotion behind it and the pain and, and the the way that that pain and blues can... Mm-hmm you know, when, when shared together in an experience can, can really actually bring people into a more hopeful kind of feeling and setting outside of that pain. Yeah. I think Thomas is a really beautiful character. Like Mm -hmm. he is one that I think is almost this great representation of also optimism and seeing Mm -hmm. the hope and optimism and beauty that can come out of these shared connections. Like he's this, he's a storyteller. He has all these stories inside of him and a lot of them are really awful and he he but he always has this sense of of optimism i think and he's kind of the leader for the band like in that way not just because he's the lead singer and mm-hmm. you know puts the band together but he's that leader in that way of kind of helping them all who you know all the characters have these 
very traumatic backgrounds in many different ways, including himself. And he's really this leader in how do we move forward through this. And music is one of those ways. You know, they're playing blues, but there's hope in what they're doing, too, even though the history of blues is is sad and it's born out of, you know, struggle and despair and trauma. And so, yeah, he's a really beautiful, interesting character. And I love how that's woven in with the kind of music that they cover and then the kind Mm -hmm. of music that they write. Um, You know, I mean, a couple, I think it's chapter three, it starts with where each chapter begins with like a song. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just love how that's woven into the novel in all of these different ways. It's, I think it's great to find that connection in the different mediums of art. And when Mm -hmm. music is included, it's really interesting to me. Yeah. And I love too, just like, how Thomas just never stops telling the stories he feels he needs to tell. Like he's constantly mm-hmm. kind of like bullied and harassed um, by people in his community, even and people who are supposedly supposed to be his friends, like his own bandmates. They all kind of just make fun of him and have bullied him and physically hurt him as well. Um, their whole lives growing up, but he never has stopped. He's still like, I think he he still just feels so strongly that those stories need to get out of him and he's like obligated in some way to tell those stories. And I think that mm-hmm. is a really good, well, I just feel like that's a sentiment that's common among a lot of artists of the fact that like they have something that's inside of them and they just need to express it and put it out there for, mm-hmm. even if it's just for themselves, like it just has to be done. Yes. Um, and th- like a sense of purpose to it almost. And I feel like Thomas in that way kind of like, like represents the artist and then also this just very hopeful idea of um like native american culture and like reservation life as well yeah i agree i mean and and i really think of artists as as vanguards mm-hmm. you know and and that's part of their job is like that's how they're going to lead the way with new ideas and with development and with evolution as a culture i think artists play a huge incredible role in that and You've got to tell stories for that to happen so that you know what direction to go and you know how to lead people. And I think Thomas is a great representation of that and that that's what artists are, are vanguards. And um, I think he and I think that ties into, you know, kind of I think there's a lot of talk in the book about what does it mean to be a Native American and like Mm -hmm. this idea of warriors or like the idea of medicine women like kind of these mm-hmm. different archetype roles and I think he kind of almost takes on that warrior role in his capacity as the storyteller and this singer and this yeah. musician and this even though it's not what you would typically say is a warrior yeah so it's I like a, it's, it's subverted it's a subverted mm-hmm. like perspective of what it means to be a warrior I feel like we yes we th- we see that like kind of juxtaposition because Thomas is, I feel like, very in tune with his feelings, and he's not really afraid to discuss his feelings. And yeah, there's he's this very really, sensitive. Yeah, and there's this great point in the book where he, you know, he leaves because of it, uh, what's going on with his dad. His dad is drunk at their house, and he has just been kind of talking to uh, chess and checkers about it, and it is, is emotional, and he goes outside to cry and to feel all of mm-hmm. his feelings, and it's not because he's afraid to cry in front of women or afraid to have right. those feelings. It's because he just wants them to be his instead of the tribe's kind of feelings. And then, you know, and then you get the, this kind of like hyper-masculine, more like aggressive behavior that we see from Victor and Junior, 
who, mm-hmm. you know, like to say that they're like warriors, but it's it's totally different. They kind of take on this like super masculine role that's, you know, anti like healthy emotion in a lot of ways. And then we have yeah. Thomas, who I feel like is the real warrior of the story. And it's because he he can balance kind of all of those things that make him so strong. Yeah. And it's interesting combining them together. I mean, when you first meet our characters, I mean, Thomas and Victor and Junior are not like they do not necessarily get along. You know, Thomas was tormented by them growing up and they still torment him. And there's not this like kumbaya coming together moment ever, really. It's more of just they're together because they need to be, you know, and I think it's interesting like when they. Um, you know, so we're discussing chapters one through six. Mm-hmm. So they haven't, you know, they're eventually going to go to to New York. But I think up until now, they're they're traveling, they're doing things together, they're trying to make it as this band, and they're often thrown in situations where they're more outsiders, mm-hmm. but they're outsiders together, and so they just band together because they have to. But they still never find this like common ground moment or really like each other. Mm-hmm. They, but yet they're there is this connection between them and I think it's an interesting juxtaposition and, but yeah, they're always still kind of fighting each other. And I think it's those two different ideas of what is a warrior? What does it mean to be native American? What, what do you now do with it? Like how they each, you know, they all react differently. They're, and they're all different people, but they've got this really intense shared history and connection, but yet they have such different outlooks on it and they never really find necessarily common ground but yet right. they but yet you see how connected more and more connected they become throughout the novel. So it's I don't know, I think it brings up some interesting points about how you can still find that connection even though you're, you're they're on totally different planes and why why do you have those connections? How are we all connected? Like yeah. You know, in in now and through history there's lots of talk of that throughout the novel of all these different connections. I mean even just the idea of them being from different reservations, but mm-hmm. how are they still connected? A meaning Chess and Checkers and Thomas, Victor, and Junior. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting stuff to think about. It made me think about how am I connected to people and, and why and how long does that last? And are there people that I don't necessarily like, but I still feel this like connection to and why and what is that? Yeah, like, is it because of time? Is it because of, like, shared trauma and experience, you know? Like, right. I, fi- I find it really interesting in the moments where they, like, either go to a different reservation or they leave the reservation, like, when they go to Seattle or something. And mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting, like, when the, whenever they come across another Native American, even if they're in, like, a different tribe or whatever, they, they still call each other um, uncle or cousin. Yeah you know, or grandpa or something like that. It's like they all, it's, there's just this sense of like shared family because of shared historical trauma in a way. Yes. And, and it's, shared being a minority and shared yeah. like, and, and shared, I think um, while everyone does it differently, I think there's lots of sharing with common now issues. You know, there's lots of talk in the book about alcoholism and patterns mm-hmm. of suffering, you know, with, with abuse and, with drugs and with alcohol and with, um, you know, just being, trying to exist in this world where they've had tried to have, you know, their culture has been, there's been genocide committed and their culture has been erased in so many ways. Like, yeah, I, I thought the discussions about Catholicism in the novel are really 
interesting to me. They're really poignant. I mean, I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic schools and I think it's, I think it's really interesting and subtle, even though, I don't know, maybe subtle is not the right way to say it, but I like how it's discussed in the novel. And I like that there's kind of both sides of the element, both sides of it are discussed. I mean, you have some characters like Thomas who want nothing to do with the church or really religion at all. And then you have chess and checkers who are trying to go get back into the church and Mm -hmm. they want to sing in the choir and they find this deep peace and like safety there. But then Mm -hmm. there's all these other stories woven through of really unsafe things that happen, just how unsafe it was for so many people and native Americans and having to go to the schools and, you know, cut your hair off and this is what you have to wear and this is what you have to believe and you can't talk your language. I mean, just craziness. Yeah. Just I can't even imagine what kind of deep, long-rooted trauma that creates for people. Yeah, I mean, deeply rooted as far as, like, you know, hundreds of years and also the short term as well of, like, how, you know, obviously, like, I think missionary work from the Catholic Church is one of the main reasons that so many communities in the Americas you know, were eradicated. They, you know, they brought disease, mm-hmm. they brought um, pestilence, they brought STDs, they brought like violence, you know, like ev- like all of it was kind of yeah. in the name of religion for a really long time. And it's, you know, that's still like a presence. And like, what is it, how would that feel to know that like the church that is in so many ways like responsible for some of the trauma that your community has faced, it's like still an active presence on your reservation. And, you know, and now it's like an active presence within the community as far as like a lot of them are Catholic. A lot of them are part of that religion, like we see with chess and checkers. And that's just like a really weird thing to think about that I've never had to think about as like a white person who's never been particularly traumatized. our privileged asses are just like can't even can't even wrap our minds around this. Yeah. Like I, I just can't. There's just so many things that go on that I just can't even wrap my mind mind around. And it's just, it's so. Um, he he does it so well. Sherman Alexi, I think, brings up these elements so well, and and he's so funny. Like I think this novel mm-hmm. is funny. Um, I mean, it's a dark humor, but I mean, in just these little ways, like just the names of the characters, you know, chess and checkers. Yeah. Betty and Veronica, even Thomas builds the fire, mm-hmm. you know, it just ha- how names, I think always have this really, there's this important element to it. They matter. They mean something, but they're also funny. And he's just, yeah, he's just got these funny moments in it. I mean, I, I think the character big mama is funny and mm-hmm. an awesome character and, you know, just this wry humor that's throughout the novel is really fun to interact with and engage with and I think it makes you more likely to engage in these like harder things to think about and these upsetting you know themes and issues and I think it keeps you going willing to approach it you know like it's Mm -hmm. like a hook almost like which I I think is really generous as an author to kind of put this little element of humor in it you know to kind of soften the blow of some of these things like yeah well it's I think it is really generous as an author and I also think that um it's kind of almost tongue-in-cheek in a way like I think he's kind of like poking fun at the audience maybe like I think sure. he knows that like a lot of white people are going to be reading this book and so it's some stuff you know like it feels like the Betty and Veronica thing especially like I think there's just like an element yes. of kind of making fun of 
I guess like expectations that we have mm-hmm. and um I love it I love having to have that pointed out like I I just love when people can find moments to do that like um you know the comic Aziz Ansari yes mm-hmm. um so we went Kendrick and I went and saw him well pre-COVID <laughs> way pre-COVID and he had this great stand-up and he did this thing where he was bringing up he was asking people if they saw the story in the news about the pizza that got delivered that had the um, swastika like on it from in pepperoni or something and well how many people heard about that and all these people are like raising their hands I had never heard of this I didn't know what he was talking about and he was going off about wasn't that horrible and and then he said okay that was a fake story like that never happened I just totally made that up but everyone jumped on the bandwagon Mm. in the audience of oh I heard all about it and I was like that was genius like I love that he just pointed out how quick we are to jump onto something or not see the truth to something or not or be afraid to admit I don't know what you're talking about or I need to get more information before I make a decision and so I just love when artists can find ways to point out our own you know um I think we're just so quick to have the answers to things and want to know about things and be on the right side of things that it needs to be pointed out a little bit that we don't know everything and that as nice privileged people we need to pay attention to people who do know things and who Mm -hmm. you know who who are we listening to um I think is a really important point and I love how he brings that up in the novel he makes a big point of who is telling the story and I mean Mm because storytelling's all throughout this Mm -hmm. and yeah he's just great he is great it's a great novel yeah I I really like that idea too like like you said of like where we're getting our information and what Mm -hmm. I think that comes into play as well of like what media are we consuming that gives us a specific picture of like what we think about certain communities and you know in this in this uh book it in a lot of I think Sherman Alexie's work there is reference to the way that Native Americans are portrayed in television or in other media you know and they make a lot of jokes how uh everything that you see of like what a Native American culture is like is basically Sioux Indian like it's one kind of tribe (laughs) and you know so like there's this talk of a lot about like horses and buffalo and like how oh you expected buffalo to be here in like Spokane Washington you know and they were they were a salmon tribe like they were fishermen you know but even their kind of view of like what traditional (laughs) Native American culture is is skewed by what they're seeing on the screen and like dances with wolves and like that very mm-hmm. specific image of Native American uh, culture is is kind of what people have been using as the template. But and even the characters are like, yeah. who who do we go to? What do we know? How do we know if we're Indian and what does that mean? And am I enough? And you know, there's lots of talk about people that are you know not or people who have maybe one white parent. Yeah. Um, there's lots of talk about that and how they're treated on the reservation and. I mean, even when they go, when they're in Seattle, I think, I think it's Seattle and I'm not skipping ahead to when they're in New York, but people don't believe they're Indian. They think they're Puerto Rican, like at a diner or something mm. like that, because they don't think they look like the dancing with wolves version of Indian. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, it's, he, that's all throughout it. It's really interesting. I like how he has the characters have as much of a question about this, like just show how mm-hmm. hard it is to understand who you are and what your identity is anyway let alone when you've basically tried to you know people have tried to eradicate your whole identity and culture and then tell you what it should be like Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
we're going to destroy your culture and people, but and then we're going to tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, what a backwards-ass thing. Yeah. And, you know, I find it really interesting, too, because not all of his characters are particularly likable. Like, Victor and Junior are no. jackasses. They're not, jerks. Yeah. And they're, you know, like, relatively bad people. And they've, I don't know, I feel bad calling anybody a bad person, but they, I think that there are a lot of They're issues. They're not pleasant individuals. <laughs> yeah. I'm not rooting for them necessarily. Yeah. There are a lot of issues with their behavior. And um, so, you know, it's it's something where it's like you can still have like empathy for their experiences and their shared traumas and um, individual traumas that they've gone through. Like Victor, you know, he briefly mentions or recalls a moment when he's abused by a priest Um, which is kind of interwoven with the other religious conversations that are happening in chapter five. But, you know, like, that's awful. That's a terrible thing to go through. And, and like, everything he went through as a child is awful. But he still behaves, like, in a pretty awful way. And it's like, you can have empathy for the past and the history that builds a person. But, you know, like, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's innocent completely and like his behavior afterwards and I like I like that I like that he's not Mm -hmm. some of the characters aren't particularly likable um or well I think what he does mm -hmm. I think Alexi doesn't necessarily make it so that you want to like all his characters I mean in all great art and literature is like this right but you find ways to want to connect with those carriers with those carriers with those characters and like through connection that's where there's healing and growth like we have to find ways to connect with someone to to grow in any way it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you have to like them you know I don't like the character Victor Jr but I there's connections you find with them you know like I think even just their friendship Victor and Jr are like best friends yeah and there's even like this kindness goodness beauty in in their friendship and you can tell that their friendship is part of what enables them to have it's not much, but to have some sort of like evolution and growth through just their friendship, you know. And obviously, it doesn't. It's not gonna. They're not gonna grow much because they're alcoholics and they're, yeah. you know, have do not engage in healthy uh, activities for themselves yeah. and for other people. They're not necessarily kind people, and but you can find some common ground, some connection, some beauty in their friendship and what that gives to them. And I think that's a good way to connect with Mm -hmm. the characters without having to still, you know, without having to like them or I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think that there's a lot of signs in this book, especially like that, even if you don't like them and even if you disagree with them and some of their behavior, there still seems to be like something worthwhile for them to provide or share or express and I feel like with Victor for me that that the question for that is like why does the guitar choose him in the way Mm -hmm. that it does yes like why and why is it Victor and not Thomas I think that's interesting like I expected this guitar this enchanted guitar from the devil slash Robert Johnson devil through to Robert Johnson and then to him like I think it's interesting that it goes to Victor this yeah. This guy, this not ni- instead of Thomas. That was an interesting choice, I think. Yeah, well, the guitar is so difficult because, you know, like the way we've been looking at it before is um this music is uh, like a very almost like only positive form of uh expression, but I think that there are 
is also in this book a lot of questioning of like is it always the best like the guitar Mm. seems to kind of be the best friend and enemy at the same time like there's a reason why Robert Johnson stops playing and he finds it a curse and he keeps trying to get rid of it and a lot of that is like the tie that it has to the gentleman is what he calls the devil in this book um but also you know like it kind of there are moments when it feels like the guitar might like betray Victor in a way or like is trying to tempt him to to do something and and that is kind of complicated because to me mostly I just think of music and expression as being like only positive but I guess there's a burden to it there's a burden to it and I think there's also like a level of temptation of like you know what happens then when you get kind of famous you know like right does does, or you have more power yeah like it's almost like does the power and talent and skill that the guitar like lends Mm -hmm. him does that exacerbate his negative personality traits and tendencies or does it help him be better as a person I think there's kind of like a question of how it's going to affect you um in different ways yeah I love this path we're going down I think that's such an interesting thing I mean I'm not an artist but I I feel like from what I'm aware of and interested in and have paid attention to like that's that's also an incredible burden I feel like to be mm-hmm. a, an artist and to you know have these like Thomas it's a burden on Thomas all these stories that he has and and I think it's interesting throughout the novel where you see this in other artists like Big Mama Big Mama Big Mom is almost like this medicine woman for for artists you know specifically musicians and she name drops you know like Jimi Hendrix mm-hmm. and other people that have had to come to her and like she helps them or you know these new artists that are trying to figure out how to get their art out and she helps teach them mm-hmm. and so it's interesting that you she's there's all these characters she talks about or the novel talks about that have this burden you know and and it shows just how hard it is and I think that the novel does that really well and talking about Coyote Springs like they've got a burden on them now they have this I don't think it's necessarily described as this great talent, but it's like together as this collective band, they have this power and it, it connects with people, you know, they play at these, at this dive bar and they like, like tear the house down, not because they're necessarily talented, but it's almost like their power is something that's connecting and people are finding with, and, and that's kind of hard on them. Things don't matter truly turn up rosy like it I don't know it's it's an interesting path to think about as someone that's not an artist that that's got to be an incredible you know burden to have to shoulder and what does that do to people and does Mm -hmm. that have anything to do with you know maybe some of the paths they go down and yeah I think the idea of like power that a platform can give you is really interesting and I I think it like Sherman Alexie's kind of explores that with the ways that he brings in magical realism and like yes. those elements into the book like there are you know there are like newspaper articles and clips about their performances and you know they mention that sparks were flying off the guitar to the point that a table caught on fire what a good thing right. that chess and checkers were there because they're <laughs> firefighters <laughs> i again so funny yeah i love these little details that he gives like these sisters their real names are not chess and checkers they don't tell you you learn their real names later in the book but they won't tell you what they are the fact that they're called chess and checkers (laughs) and then they like 
our firefighters in like the fire season like yeah i just think that's so interesting well and that they have to put out a fire in in the bar that they're playing at because the guitar their is, enchanted guitar yeah, yeah it's just so funny and it's you know and the i think what makes magical realism so fun is is just kind of like the casualness of it all is like kind yeah, of how funny. believable it becomes yeah and for that it's like i definitely believe it and and you the way that the guitar like talks to them and they have conversations with it um I think is also really like believable and it makes it fun as mm-hmm. well yeah and I love how you brought up um like the the review about their show and I love how he does that in the novel how he has different um things are communicated in different ways so you learn about plot points or things through you know things like a a clip from a newspaper or they do a radio interview or it's from Thomas's journal, like how he uses mm-hmm. different, I guess mediums is the same word I should use um, mm-hmm. to tell the story, which I think is really cool. I love when, when novels do that. Um, yeah. And it, I, I think he does it really well. Yeah. Cause it, I think he does a good job of balancing, making sure that he's not doing it too much. Sure. And, um, and he, yeah, and it can be too much of a good thing. Yeah. And I also, I really love the way he uses dreams as well to yes. kind of portray what's going on in, in people's heads maybe and like to portray their anxieties in a way. And I think it's also, you know, it's just fun because he's, you know, that's something that I think people classically like attribute to Native American cultures, like the importance of dreams and mm-hmm. dream catchers. Yeah, he plays with and, so much of that stuff. And eagle feathers, yeah. even just the horses. I mean, like I love how like at the beginning of, I think it's in the very beginning where it's talking about, um, actually chapter five has it a lot, but just that idea of what's happened with this herd of horses and Mm -hmm. how, you know, their screams are like this song and this music and kind of just this interesting imagery he gives. And some of it's through dreams that the characters have about horses and what they hear. And then some of it's through a story that big mom tells, but just showing how this history also comes out in their dreams, in their stories, in, you know, just their daily lives. Like he does a really good job of threading that through all these different elements. Well, and, and you know how it comes through and like some of the quieter movements on the reservation. Like I love the parts where Thomas is just talking to chess and they really connect because she kind of views the world in the same way. She kind of views it through stories and, um, it's a big way that they connect emotionally is the way that they kind of view the world. And there's just this moment where they're being really quiet on the reservation. And, uh, and then like they kind of, it's almost like they start feeling things shake or they are hearing echoes coming like from the Hills and Mm -hmm. from things that have happened on the reservation in the past. And, and other reservations and other reservations yeah and wounded knee and yeah yeah, all these different big cultural events and it's like they're still feeling like and you know in the book it's fun because they're feeling it as something real and physical and and almost tangible in a way um outside of just like the the symbolism of it all and the the way that it you know gets into that idea of like shared history and how the past still like reverberates through the present and mm-hmm. you know they're still actively being like affected by it all. Yes, it's such a great novel. There's so many things I think to bring up and talk about with it. Um, probably have to save save some for next time too because I don't want to like give away the rest of the book, which is really hard for me to do. Um, yeah, 
because I really, yeah, it's a really good book. I really like it. I'm glad we picked this one. Me too. Yeah, I think. I love, and I love like his little tidbits. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I just like, I really like paying attention um, to what are the different little things that novel, you know, artists add. So like for this novel with the songs before each chapter mm -hmm. or, you know, even the quote from Charles Mingus, God's old lady, she sure is a big chick. Mm. Like mm -hmm. that's how he, you know, starts it out. And like the, this little snippet from Robert Johnson about going to the crossroads. Like I just love kind of seeing how all of those things blend together and what those things bring up. And I think that Sherman Alexie is especially talented at it. And I think that has a lot to do with how he is also a poet and, you know, a screenplay writer. And like he, he knows how to, I think, weave in all these different ways to, to tell the story. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we were kind of, before we were talking about, you know, kind of how even, even maybe if somebody makes bad decisions, poor decisions, or is arguably maybe not like the best of people, they still have, I think, a story to tell. And, mm -hmm. and they still, even the best artists will still have their own like blind spots, even as they're trying like to expose us to our own blind spots. And I think it's important that we talk about, which I know you and I had talked about this, um, to talk about Sherman Alexie's own blind spots and yes. his own issues. And, um, you know, if you're unfamiliar with it, Sherman Alexie around the Me Too movement, like several women have come forward saying that he was, um, you know, he was, he had some sexual misconduct in his relationships with them and with other female writers who and students and too, students, I think, right? Like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And Sherman Alexie has gone as far to basically admit that he has been inappropriate and he has hurt people. And I think it's important to to note that you know we can still get a lot, I think, out of this book and still learn a lot from him and he does have important things to say but we also need to be aware of his own blind spots and I think we do see that those blind spots come out in this book especially like in regards to the way he writes women or like those relationships yeah the the relationships between men and women in the novel I think is really an interesting topic and I would I'm very excited to talk about that and how do you process art from artists who are maybe not who we want them to be. Yeah. Maybe that's the best way to describe it. And what is, how does that affect the art and how does that affect how you consume it and what's a responsible way to consume it? And yeah, I think those are some really great, great things to, to talk about that maybe we should talk about more. So I think let's definitely talk about that in our next yeah. episode. Yeah. There's, let's, there's let's so much this novel brings up. <laughs> it's not even, you know, because of the novel. So yeah. well, and which I is, which is great. And I think we have to like, I think to get, really into some of those blind spots that Sherman Alexie has, I think we'll need to be able to talk about the whole book spoiler free. Um, yes. So I yes. think so maybe that's a good spot to end it. And we'll just keep talking about this stuff next week in our next episode. Yeah. So um, if you haven't go pick up a copy of reservation blues, um, it's not a terribly difficult time consuming. Like I think you can, mm -hmm get through it pretty easily it's definitely um great that way so pick it up um read it um and even if you don't i hope you can join us next time because it's fun to talk about this stuff even if you haven't yeah. read the book in my opinion so um looking forward to it just again sadie will you tell everyone again what our next uh read is going to be so they can pick that up too yes so we will be reading and discussing and possibly watching uh the importance of being earnest by oscar wilde 
Yes. I want to think of a really, really cool, funky cocktail for I know. that. I feel like I really need to step up my game. I, <laughs> I think I've been a little lazy. <laughs> Brian has like inspired slash shamed me with his oh excellent mixology. So I'm going to, I'm going to step it up. I'm going to, I don't know, elderflower, mm. get some like something, something he's, really. He's raised the favorite. bar. <laughs> He has. He's. Re- it's good. I appreciate the challenge. So he's he's challenged me without even knowing that he has. So. Be sure good to let him. him know. Yeah, you tell him. He can't listen to well, this thank- episode because it'll spoil his Christmas present. Oh, that's true. He probably wouldn't listen anyway. No. It's fine. He's probably like, no, I don't need to hear them. I hear them enough. <laughs> Whatever. We think we're funny. Yeah. We are enjoying this. So I hope you all have also enjoyed and we'll listen next time so we'll be discussing the rest of reservation blues and the idea of sherman alexi and art and artists Mm. and their own behaviors and blind spots so looking forward to that so thanks everybody bye sadie bye